0: marketing is just thinking logically. Mm. Like if you, if you, if you self analyze, if, if for example, if I'm going to buy a new mouse, right, I've got my, my, my computer mouse in front of me. What's my, the process I go through to, to identifying the right mouse for me to choosing where I'm going to buy that mouse, you know? And if I analyze, oh, firstly I'll ask my computer nerdy mates what mouse <laughs> they'd recommend. Next I'd look on YouTube reviews. Next I'd go on, um, trust pilot, like, if you actually think about the process you go through, then you can start to work backwards and think as a, markete- as a marketeer, that's where you need to be producing content that answers the questions they need to decide that you're the best solution to their problem. It's, kind of, it's just logical, it just needs a bit of thought. And this is how we work with our brands. We work backwards from who they're trying to convince to do something, what their decision-making process is, and then coming up with a plan of action that needs to happen on each of those channels to provide the information they need.
1: Welcome to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by Meet Edgar. Each week, we bring you a guest to inspire your creativity, breathe new life into your marketing strategy, and get you motivated to take action in your business. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll walk away feeling like you took your social media marketing multivitamin. Enjoy the interview and remember, what's possible for them is possible for you. And we can't wait to see your success. Welcome back to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by me, Edgar. Today, we're really lucky to be joined by Dan Knowlton. He is one of the co-founders of a family-run business about social media and video marketing. So we're going to dive deep into a fun conversation. But before we start that, I'll pass it over to Dan. He'll get into a little bit about who he is, what he does. And let's start out with a question on what your favorite social media platform is right now.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, thanks for having me, first of all, uh, favorite social platform, LinkedIn. It's got to be LinkedIn at the minute. Nice. Love a bit of LinkedIn.
1: Very nice. Um, what about
0: you? What's yours?
1: Oh, that's a great question as well. <laughs> I like LinkedIn for the organic reach and stuff, but for our business, Twitter is still where we're seeing the majority of our traffic and stuff wow. coming up on our website. For sure. Nice. We're lucky there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, So the reason we really wanted to bring you on today was because you guys have such a great expertise when it comes to video marketing and measuring the efforts you're putting into that content you're creating. Because I know when we create video, it takes a lot of time and effort. So can you start out by saying a few words on why you guys really love video marketing and talk to us a little bit about the why behind producing video for social media these days?
0: Yeah, good question. So Um, uh, I guess it starts when we started six years ago, we pretty much spent the first two years figuring stuff out. Like we were, uh, if you look back at our old YouTube channel, Knowlton, if you look back at some of our first videos, they were so bad. They were literally so bad. And it was, (laughs) it was fun to just try and test different things. Um, and uh, for two years, we were just yeah, not really know what we're doing, trying different things. And in twenty seventeen, we made this video that was um, like a testimonials video to show our customers talking about working with us. But we tried like a different creative approach and made it entertaining and fun. And when we posted it, it, it only got like fifty comments and fifty likes and a few thousand views. But at the time, to us, that was like wow. This works so well. And from then on, we were just like, right, that worked well, what else can we do? How can we tweak this to to get more results? So why video from our perspective? Because it outperforms any other type of content that we've tested.
1: That's awesome. I love the organic approach to discovering that, that you're just creating something and realizing it works and iterating from there. And I feel like that's all successful social media campaigns when you hear about that origin story, how they start out. So that's really cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. So when you're setting goals for like having a piece of video content go out for your clients or for your own business, Mm -hmm. what are some of the goals that we should have in mind? Because I know if we establish those first, it typically has a better way of guiding where the content is going to go
0: yeah so with most of our client campaigns we produce video content that's teamed up with a paid social media ad strategy so the main way that we're we're demonstrating return on investment for our clients is tracking um, tracking the sales that are being generated from the ads we're running and uh, one of the key metrics we're looking at is return on ad spend so you know for every pound that a client is investing in ads what are they getting in return and that. You know, it's crazy how much you can track with with paid ads platforms like Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, so yeah, that's how we do it.
1: Very cool. Now, when you're talking about ads, how much money do you feel like you have to put behind a video ad that you're creating in order for it to be successful and move people to convert them to customers on social media?
0: Good question, and that is a very open question because it really depends mm. what you deem as successful. Like for example, a small business owner that creates, you know. Uh, rings at home handcrafted rings could you know see uh, if they sold 10 rings a month that could be a good return investment Um, so they need to figure out you know what are they making on the sale of those rings and then what's their what cost per acquisition makes it feasible in terms of uh, running ads. So you need to kind of work backwards at what does success look like to you? And it needs to be realistic as well. You, you know, if you've only sold two rings before and you say, in month one, I'm gonna 10, sell 10,000 rings, that's not realistic. So it needs <laughs> yeah. to be a realistic you know, uh, goal to figure out how many you need to sell and what that's gonna cost, what makes it worthwhile
1: okay that makes a lot of sense cool um so when you're going out there and creating these videos for small business owners who aren't really at that step to hire an agency like Mm. Knowlton, what Mm. would you suggest are some of the things to think about during the creation process because your videos are incredibly engaging they make you stop your scroll and what is that kind of formula you Mm. guys have come up with in order to make that happen
0: great question i'm glad you asked this so first thing to say is you have to make rubbish videos to learn how to make good videos. Love it. So, so set your expectations that your first videos, I'm not saying they're going to be rubbish, but compared to what they're eventually going to be, that you, you may think they're not great. Don't compare yourself to us who have been doing this for years and make videos on a weekly basis. So set your expectations, first of all. So in terms of the process you should go through, first of all, think about who is it you're trying to convince to do something and this is like marketing 101, who's your target market, but it's so important to understand what that person looks like to figure out what their interests are, what their problems are, what their pain points are, what they're trying to achieve. Once you, once you, and and do research, like the next thing is how do you do that? How do you figure out who they are? Interview current customers, um, do focus groups, you know, do research online to really figure out what makes up these people so that you can then start to build up a strategy of creating content that taps into those problems and those needs.
1: Yeah, so just really understanding who you're talking to. Now, I imagine that's kind of an interesting process for you guys working with multiple different brands. Mm. Are there any questions that you like ask people in these focus groups to really get to know the brand voice of um, your client's audience, if it's not one that you know intimately?
0: Yes. Yeah. So um, something that works really well to get, I'll give you an example. So, for example, we worked w- we work with one of the longest one running male grooming brands, Wall. They produce like male grooming products. They've got a professional range for barbers and a uh, a normal range for consumers. And one of the campaigns we ran was targeted at barbers, and everyone in our agency, nobody's been a barber. Nobody gets the language of barbers and and understands the (laughs) nuances of what do barbers chat about with their barber mates. So we went and interviewed barbers and asking questions like, tell me a funny story that's happened in your barbers. When you were chatting to your barber mates, what kind of things do you talk about? What funny things have happened with customers that you and your barber mates would laugh about together? What language do you use when you talk with your barber mates? Do you call a haircut a haircut or do you call it Um, a hair styling or like it's it's being super specific and understanding how they do things because we need to act as as someone who's speaking the same language to them on behalf of a client so a lot of thought needs to go into how are we speaking the right language how are we saying the right things how are we tapping into the right culturally relevant situations that a barber's going to see our ads and our videos and go oh my god i get that completely that that happens to me and it will draw them in so yeah there's some examples
1: I love that, that feeling you want to give to people watching the video that they're speaking my language. So you do have to get that specific. So that makes sense. Yeah. So you also, to, yeah. Sorry. Oh, go sorry.
0: ahead. I was going to add something then. Sorry.
1: No, go for it.
0: I was going to say like, that was just step one, Okay. <laughs> but there's, and once you like understand that person, who is you're trying to convince to do something, then you need to build a content strategy that's mapped to their decision making process. So, nice. you know, just producing one video that's promoting your product, isn't gonna cut it. You need to think about the, the, the different stages of that decision-making process. And this refers back to like a traditional marketing funnel, which represents the journey someone goes on from becoming aware of you, to considering and trusting your brand, to then taking action. You need to break down those different layers of that journey and produce content at each of those stages. For example, you know, at the awareness stage, you could be pre- producing educational content, mm. entertaining content like we do with our marketing sketches um inspiring content when it gets to the next stage the trust building stage you need to be producing case studies testimonials um objection overcoming content benefit driven content and then the the purchase stage kind of short sharp calls to action so there is a lot to think about and it sounds like there's a lot to do but you can break this down into bite sized chunks to do it in a manageable way so it's not that scary
1: Oh my gosh, I love how simple you just made that funnel seem and having inspirational entertaining be for awareness, having case studies be for consideration, and then the decision making, just having that urgency within your calls to action. Yeah, I feel it, like you hear it in so many ways, but I love how you just explained that it's, so much. It's,
0: it's just like if you marketing is just thinking logically. Mm. Like if you if you if you self-analyze, if if for example, if I'm gonna buy a new mouse, right? I've got my my, my computer mouse in front of me. What's my, the process I go through to, to identifying the right mouse for me, to choosing where I'm going to buy that mouse? You know, and if I analyze, oh, firstly, I'll ask my computer nerdy mates what mouse <laughs> they'd recommend. Next, I'd look on YouTube reviews. Next, I'd go on um, Trustpilot. Like, if you actually think about the process you go through, then you can start to work backwards and think as a, markete- as a marketeer, That's where you need to be producing content that answers the questions they need to decide that you're the best solution to their problem. It's kind of, it's just logical. It just needs a bit of thought. And this is how we work with our brands. We work backwards from who they're trying to convince to do something, what their decision making process is, and then coming up with a plan of action that needs to happen on each of those channels to provide the information they need.
1: Uh, That is really logical marketing, I feel like, is something that we always forget to do because we want to be entertaining and inspiring, but bringing it down that funnel makes a lot of sense. Mm. I love that. Um, Cool. So kind of thinking about these three different funnel stages, do you make videos for each of them or do you strictly have videos for like that awareness, entertaining, inspirational stage? Or do you find that there are some strategies you can take for that like buying decision-making phase in your video creation?
0: Yeah. So firstly, um, everything I say to listeners take with a pinch of salt because Mm. I'm only giving the insight on my own experiences and our experiences as a marketing company. We focus heavily on video, but that's not the only way. Like you could build awareness through SEO, through writing SEO optimized articles that will drive traffic to your site that you can then remarket to with with image-based ads or gift-based ads. Like, There's so many ways to make this work. I think you've touched on or like one of the things I see a lot is people is marketers say this is the way you should do it it's just like me saying here you've got to do video video is the only way to do things no it's not (laughs) video is brilliant and we've we've we found that with our agency but there's so many options out there I, I think it's important to understand how to choose the right thing for you so first of all think about like what skills do you have if you hate being on camera, you are so scared of speaking, you're not confident like you are doing these interviews, then you're probably not the right person uh, to, do, to be on video. Whereas if it's someone like you who's confident, who's good at talking to people, then video could be the right platform for you. If you're really good at writing, then you know, doing SEO could be right for you. So to answer your question, no, I don't think it matters. It's more about the skills you've got and how you can best invest, best invest that resource to get the results you want.
1: Brilliant. I really love that idea of playing to your strengths. Like, of course, we want to work on our weaknesses and build those up, but I totally agree. It's going to come off so much better if you just play to your strengths that way. Um, Cool. So are you guys working on anything new these days that you're especially excited about? Any new features on the social platforms that you're testing out and seeing great results in? Mm -hmm.
0: So we're, we work on a few really exciting projects at the moment. And maybe if I start giving an insight into that, then there could be some cool things that we could share. So we are, we are just doing a Christmas campaign for a big wine importer, which is really cool. So we're, um, we've created a whole load of kind of lifestyle video content, studio-based product content that we're mapping to that, that each kind of layers of that funnel. And something that has worked really well for us as an agency is this entertaining style content you know what we've learned so it's been good and bad for us because the entertaining content we produce has has you know lots of people have seen it hundreds of people engaging with it a lot of people see us as the company that produces funny entertaining content however that's one thing that we do so it's been we've had to have a bit of a uh uh, communication sort of campaign to say we don't just make funny videos you know like th- <laughs> this wine project there's nothing funny about it it's like really cool creative beautiful shots of the wine talking through the benefits and that kind of thing yes we do kind of entertaining content works so well I guess that that's what we find works so well entertaining content but it doesn't just have to be that something else that we found has worked really well is emotion triggering content mm. so um, we did a campaign with a Uh, a care company that was looking to drive um, leads from the children of elderly people to get them into their really nice care homes. And we produced this whole emotive video where there was uh, showing the journey of, uh, of someone who was at home, who needed the care. And like that was the pain point, you can tell they need the care, eventually taking that journey to wow, there's someone there to support them and feed them and help them and that kind of thing. So emotion triggering content, we find works incredibly well entertaining content, anything that triggers any kind of emotion, makes people laugh, makes people cry, makes people happy, makes people sad. That's what works. And if, if you look at, if you, if you actually, um, after this podcast, look at your social media news feed, look at the content that you've shared on your own feed or retweeted or whatever, I guarantee every single piece of that has triggered some kind of emotion in you.
1: Yeah, this idea of looking at your own behavior on social media and your own purchasing habits, I think, is a really underutilized marketing tool and tactic. Because often, like, you don't realize the reason you bought something is because of the way they marketed it to you. So that's a really good tip.
0: I think we, with marketing, we try to get too fancy. We try to like, what's this cool cool new tool that can do X, Y, Z? It's it's this logical process that I mentioned before, thinking about who you're trying to target the decision making process and then producing cool content that's interesting to consume that helps give them the answers to their questions i think one of the biggest mistakes i see marketers making is they think so heavily about the the end result the sale you know let's produce like an awareness video showing all the great features of the product yes that's great but it needs to be something interesting that people are going to watch because if you've got a five minute video showing the great features of your product, but no one's going to watch it because it's boring, it makes it completely pointless and a waste of money. So it's, it's constantly thinking, how can you produce something that ticks the right boxes in terms of the objective of each of those layers of content, but also makes it interesting to consume.
1: Yeah. Cause if you don't have that interesting layer and you're not grabbing someone's attention, they're not actually going to pay attention to the information exactly. you're trying to get them. Right. Right. That exactly. makes sense. Uh, but cool. So on the videos that you guys are producing, I think it's kind of interesting that you're saying you are known for being really funny because I feel like one of the things in marketing these days is niche down, really know who you want to be, like <laughs> only do one thing, which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. But I love that you brought up this fact that like, hey, we also make videos that aren't funny. We also really market to these different clients like this wine client you were talking mm-hmm. about. Um, when you are actually going out there and looking for clients and stuff um how do you actually get niche enough but broad enough to have this work for your agency
0: yeah that's a really good question i think um we've got it wrong in the past so i think uh like i said kind of we went so much down this entertaining style content worked so well for us that we were like let's just do entertaining content then we did loads of entertaining content which got tens of thousands of views hundreds of people commenting and becoming aware of us but we weren't first of all everyone thought we just did funny content. Secondly, we weren't producing the content the, the consideration content that builds that trust. Cause, mm. cause traditionally we found that that content doesn't tend to perform as well um, because it's not as interesting as like a funny, entertaining video. It's more of a practical look at this case study, look at this cool work we're doing. Um, so I don't, uh, we haven't got it right in the past. However, through learning and making those mistakes, we're now having more of a focus on, producing content at each of those stages that is is a different range of content like isn't like at the awareness stage isn't just funny entertaining content but is is cool um content showing showing some of the cool stuff we can do with editing videos like we recently did a superhero campaign for a product-based company and we had loads of cool effects with the superhero like you know like you see in superhero movies if you watch them um they like move really quickly mm. and it looks like they've got like we showing that cool stuff and different ways of 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 making interesting content at each of those stages I think it's just about being creative um, one of the one of the one of the pieces of content that we've made that actually ticks all of the boxes that works incredibly well is uh, an entertaining sketch that actually subtly communicates the benefits of working with us. So for example, there's a, on my, tagged on my, pinned on my LinkedIn profile, there's a, um, there's a video called uh, Marketing Channels in Real Life. And what that is, is a sketch where, my co-founder and I play different characters as if they're in a job interview and the job interview is looking for a marketing channel and we play the character of a marketing channel in a job interview. So one of us is SEO. One of us is leaflets. One of us is uh, PPC. One (laughs) of us is Knowlton's marketing support. And as we go through that, we have funny You've definitely got to watch it just to to get the context. I can tell. This
1: looks awesome, yeah.
0: (laughs) We have like a funny script to tap into funny things to do with each channel. Like, for example, leaflets in the thing says, oh, I'm lucky to be here because most of the time I get chucked in the skip. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like tapping into those kind of things. And when it gets to us, I have an opportunity to actually say, we're Knowlton and we can do X, Y, Z for you. And um, it's basically us advertising ourselves, but in a cool, creative way. And at one point, we kind of look at the camera and say, look, this is literally an advert for a company and you're still watching five minutes in and carry on and wink at the camera. And like that's the, call it like a light bulb moment in a piece of content where someone's going, wow, that's how they could actually help us. They could help us by producing content people want to consume while selling. Uh, But yeah, that's just something else that's worked well for us.
1: Oh, that's so good. Like breaking that wall and actually talking directly to someone. That's so clever. I'm going to definitely go and look that up. Very cool. (laughs) Cool. Um, awesome. So, for the last few minutes here, I'd love just to touch on something that you said before, if, and that's like the return on ad spend that you get. And you said something about, you know, if you spend like a pound on um, the ad, and you can guarantee something like five to fifteen pounds in return. Mm. Um, what What are you doing to do this? What are you targeting? Like, how How does that all work? That sounds so great.
0: <laughs> great question. Um, so it's really about understanding, uh, the different layers of that funnel.
1: Okay. And
0: then, um, uh, you know, it depends very much on the client and if they've got uh, kind of databases, you know, how many web, how much web traffic they're getting so that we can create custom audiences and lookalike audiences, how we're going to be remarketing to each of those customers that have shown interest at each of those layers. So it's really about understanding what are the, what are the signals to us that someone is showing interest in their product? And what piece of content do they need to see at that stage to nudge them to that next step? So for example, if someone's going on to your product page, putting, uh, an, you know, you might've seen these before putting an item in your basket, but they're not buying it. You know, you can specifically remarket to those customers with content saying, Hey, you didn't quite finish the process to check out benefit, benefit, benefit. Here's why you should do it now quickly. So it's, it's, yeah, thinking about what the signals are to identify the stage someone's at in that funnel and then setting up ads at each of those stages to remarket to them.
1: Very nice. I feel like I'm going to have to sit down and really think about the logicalness of our marketing yeah. strategy here at meet Edgar after this conversation. You've given us so much to think about. Now, do you think uh, there's, there's any question here at the end that I should have asked you that would really help our audience take some notice on how they can improve their marketing strategy going forward?
0: There is one thing actually, Um, you know, if you'd have asked me what's a really interesting business-based podcast to listen to where you can learn lots of insights about business and it's also fun and entertaining to listen to, I'd probably say the Business Anchors podcast
1: that I host with my co-founder
0: and brother, (laughs) Um, just, you know, as you asked. (laughs)
1: it's actually so true i listened to a couple of your episodes and the um funny cadence of it and just the way you guys interact with each other it is worth a listen guys so business anchors it's an awesome one well thank you so much for sharing today where else can people find you guys online um
0: on our website KnowltonMarketing.co.uk, and i'm also like on linkedin on twitter uh yeah
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. We all have a lot of logical thinking to do here today, (laughs) guys. If you learn anything that you have for a takeaway, go ahead and share it. Tag me, Edgar, and we'd love to hear your feedback about the episode today. Episodes come out every Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe. Dan, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to keep the conversation going with us on social. We're at Meet Edgar on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So let us know your biggest takeaway from today's episode and don't forget to tag us. Visit www.meetedgar.com and start a free trial to uplevel your social media marketing strategy today. Happy posting.